0: Hey y'all, what's up? It's Dion, founder and host of Black People Parenting. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you're already a member of the Black People Parenting private Facebook group, you might be familiar with the conversations that we have once a month about how HIV and AIDS are affecting our communities. Uh, But if you're not, I need you to head on over to Facebook, find Black People Parenting, join the group so you won't miss out on that anymore. Also need you to make sure that you go over to YouTube, subscribe, like, uh, do all of the things for the Black People Parenting YouTube channel that we know that you can do, and also make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Now, if you have not heard about these conversations that we have, let me tell you how it goes. So, once a month, we have a conversation with Dr. Bambi Gaddis. She is a faith consultant with the HIV Vaccine Trials Network, and we talk to different uh, folks from our community about how HIV and AIDS is impacting them. It could be in their work; they could be infected with either HIV or AIDS. Anything. So, we have these conversations once a month, and they are very important conversation. So I wanted to make sure that we bring this conversation and the conversation going forward over to the podcast. So the conversation that we had last month was about how HIV and AIDS is impacting Black women specifically. We had a very good conversation, real good dialogue with Dr. Bambi Gaddis, as well as two women who are on the front lines of advocating and educating folks about HIV and AIDS. Tap into this episode. Don't forget, like, share, comment, let us know what your thoughts are, and just join us over on the Black People Parenting private Facebook group. I'll see you on the flip side. Peace. hey y'all what's up welcome to the latest episode of black people parenting the podcast uh of course you know on Tuesdays, once a month we do these conversations where we talk about the effects and the impacts of hiv and aids here black people parenting we are talking about conversations that directly affect black folks specifically black parents and uh this month and this week's topic is going to be what's up with hiv and aids and Black women, of course, you know, I'm your host Dion, and I have my esteemed colleague who comes along with me every single month. Uh, I don't know if she just got off, if she just came from a date with her husband, I don't know what's going on with her lips. Lipstick is popping, she's got the jewelry on. Uh, welcome, Dr. Bam Hey, Dr. G, yeah, I don't know evening, what's going on. You just
1: good evening, Dion. I appreciate your I'm accolades. Just going, yeah. thank you. I appreciate it. Matter of fact, Vivian and I were out handling uh, some. Some coordination of outreach just before you got on, so oh, I'm yeah. i I thought,
0: I thought you and the husband went on a hot date. Is, I, I no, just, no,
1: no. He just got off of work. I'm making. Uh, she dressed tur- up to go to turkey the streets of office. Yeah, tur- turkey necks and lima beans and cornbread. That's what he gonna get tonight.
0: Okay, okay. Well, hey, that sounds good to me. That sounds good to me. Uh, so, thank- did you tell him tell him who you are, what you do, real quick.
1: So uh, real quick, um, I'm fortunate to be part of the uh, HIV Clinical Trials Network, which we uh, faithfully call HVTN. Um, We are part of Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center. Uh, Mr. Chavis, Dion, of Black People Parenting has been my uh, co-host and my, um, I'm going to say in some cases, leader in connecting us with Black families around uh, the country. Um, We are about education. We are focusing our attention on how do we connect communities with information. Uh, Before, as you know, we've been struggling with COVID and continue to do so. But we've recently in this year begun to move our our eyesight in a a health disparity area that that has, for for the last 45 years, continued to impact the Black community. So um, there's... There's every opportunity that we must take to continue to talk about this, remove stigma, and I'm fortunate to have two people on with us today, uh, Dion, who I think will contribute greatly to our conversation.
0: I agree. I agree, and I think each month we have uh, so far touched on topics that uh, are, are, are really important to all levels of our community and how HIV and AIDS affect um, all levels of our community. And I'm really excited about this particular conversation because, you know, Black women are the backbone of everything that we do. And I think we have to do everything that we can do to be sure that Black women are protected, uh, that we stand for Black women, and that and, and that they're being, you know, sec- secure. You know what I mean? Uh, so definitely happy to have uh, all of you. And I'm just going to kind of play the back role because, you know, I'm just here to observe and bask in all of this feminine energy that is uh, on the panel with me today. So... Uh, Let's go to Miss Vivian Clark Armstead. Hey, Vivian, tell us who you are. How
1: are you? you? My name is Vivian Clark Armstead. Um, I am coordinator of a project uh, that's um, called um, Project FUBU, for us by us, and it is a COVID vaccine uh, initiative that comes out of Black Health, uh, the National Black uh, uh, Leadership Commission on Health. They, they were formerly the National Black Leadership Commission on, a, uh, on HIV uh, in Black, uh, out of New York City, who is funded to uh, bring about opportunities for African-American communities to get vaccinated. It is a project that, is in, that was launched in four major cities uh, throughout the South. It was Baton Rouge, Atlanta, Tuskegee, and Columbia, South Carolina because these are areas that, you know, that are heavily impacted by all health disparities, particularly we have in South Carolina, I worked for 21 years for the South Carolina HIV AIDS Council doing businesses right wellness under the direction of Dr. Bambi Gaddis. And uh, out of those 21 years, there was not a year uh, of my tenure there where South Carolina did not rank in the top 10 in the nation in the rate of HIV Uh, and that, uh, African Americans were disproportionately uh, over 50% of the cases of HIV throughout the whole 40-something years of HIV, and so it was not a stretch to now go into other health disparities areas, especially uh, COVID, because uh, now that we're now on the subject of HIV, COVID is the corporate, if you want to put it that way, that has thrown HIV onto the back burner where people are of the assumption that it hasn't handled and so our whole uh objective is to educate and to provide opportunities to shorten or 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 shrink the gap in health disparities
0: okay cool thank you for the work that you've been doing miss vivian and Estoria right please yes. tell us who you are and tell us what you do
2: hello my name is Estoria right um i've been diagnosed since 2014 um i i can uh, i can gladly say that these two women on this webinar with me helped empower me and make me the the woman i am today
1: and what a Um, woman she is
2: (laughs) (laughs) and um, i drove her up and down the east
1: coast with me talking to faith communities
2: yes and i appreciate it um Right now, I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I'm working on my poetry. I'm a little shy about that, but I'm working on it, you know. And um, I'm just happy to be on this webinar.
0: Cool. So let's 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 dive right into it. Um, I was I was doing some research and I was doing some um, just kind of looking up some information as I was preparing for this interview and preparing, preparing for this conversation, I should say. And one of the things that stood out to me is the fact that. You know it seems according to uh studies and according to the numbers uh hiv and aids are it's hitting black women the hardest right it seems like black women are being hit the hardest there was some progress that seems like that it took place uh you know between 2010 and 2016 uh even in 2016 black women still accounted for six out of ten uh new hiv infections right um yeah. so we yeah. understand and we know that black women are just dis, uh, disproportionately affected by H- HIV and AIDS. Um wh- what are some of the reasons why? Like I want to unpack like what are some of the reasons why you guys think that we are being so affected. You are being so affected because black women are, are 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 taking a lion's share of this. What are some of the reasons why you think that black women are being so uh, heavily impacted by HIV and AIDS. Uh, can I, can
1: I, well, before they, before they answer, let me add a clarifier to that. Uh, and Vivian's work, uh, most of it focused on testing, mm-hmm. counseling, community outreach, uh, working with all kinds of communities. I mean, mm-hmm. her division was the first group of people in the organization that really had their finger on the pulse of newly diagnosed individuals. So that's one side of what we did. Mm -hmm. But the other part has to do with what happens in the linkage process. What happens, so when we we talk about this today, there's different spaces that we have to address. Mm -hmm. How do black women present to us in a testing environment where they perceive or believe they might be at risk? The second then becomes what happens when black women are diagnosed and confirmed as living with HIV mm-hmm. and how are we handling that as systems. And then the next, in the, uh, the other piece deals with, how do we treat them how, after they've been diagnosed, we, we've confirmed their status, and now it's time to move them into care, medical care, so that they can have a continuum of, of, of that and do it in a way that is um, humanistic, culturally sensitive, and competent so i want to kind of lay that as a
0: backdrop
1: okay uh, you. So would you say but, something? but in uh response to your question i think that uh, the the main characteristics that uh amplify why black women are impacted by most health disparities and all economic disparities also is that we are the caregivers of the family uh it also looks at that 70 percent of black households are female-led so we're responsible for everybody else we stay single longer we stay uh, we stay divorced longer we stay widowed longer and we get married less and later so we end up uh uh in relationships that put ourselves at risk we're also looking futuristically to the future I think that the um, the dismantling of Roe v. Wade will also have an p- impact on Black women and HIV because one of the drivers of HIV infection are the social determinants of health and poverty being one of them. And as more women are forced to have babies that they can't economically take care of, they will be put into poverty where they will be put into situations where they will be having sexual experiences based on a need uh, for housing, a need for food, a need to be protected, a need to be uh, taken care of, a need to just be helped. So poverty is one of the main drivers of HIV. Mm. And black women tend to be in poverty longer, at the bottom of the economic structure. We also tend to be over-sexualized. Uh, uh, and so we're not taken as seriously by our health care providers. So we don't get the same type of um, prevention and the same type of education and the same type of support from our families, from our communities, and foremost, from our faith communities. Mm-hmm. Astoria, what do you have to say to that? They hide and keep secrets and secrets kill. story. what do you have to say about that? her response.
2: I also feel that we are looked over. Um, There's so much information out there for us and it's not given to us. Sometimes the doctors or the case managers may have all that information, but they don't give it to us. Um, I want to say it's a difference from the time I was diagnosed to today. Thankfully, when I was diagnosed, it was a lot of resources. It was a lot of em- empowered um, centers for me to go to. It was a lot of uplifting things for me to do. Support groups, conferences, a lot of educational things. But now, it's something out there, but the information out there. For do boys, you like, uh, prior
1: to your diagnosis? I, I want to ask a question. Do you think that the more we've advanced in biomedical research, you know, we have PrEP, we now have injectable HIV treatments where people don't have to take pills every day, etc. So the So do you feel that the more we have advanced in the science, the less interested people are in the things that used to be important? I mean, I hear you say there were things yes. that you used to experience that, can you give examples what are some of the things that are missing now with our innovation that you loved but you don't see anymore?
2: Oh man, the love and the support from case managers. We don't have that no more. The case manager that you had yesterday probably won't be your case manager today. So how can you feel safe like that? You know, from the time you step into that doctor's office from the time you meet that doctor everyone you meet should have a positive attitude it's not like that anymore it's like you're just going there and you're just nobody you're not getting no information so there's not even no peer navigators not out there anymore
1: to Hmm. help the patient. But Dr. Gattis, when you're talking about the science and the prep and the things, when you're talking about how that impacts black women from the part of when these innovations come out, the way that they roll them out, they do not target black women. Most of them are targeted toward LGBT communities or they're targeted toward uh, other communities, but they're not targeted to, there is such a disparity of of the intake uptake of black women on PrEP. That's one of the largest health disparities that I've been able to see here of late in the new innovations and in the science. And none of the marketing is targeted to make sure that Black women have access to these new innovations to protect themselves and to keep them from having to worry about how a case manager treats them by never ending up in a case manager's office. It is not marketed for us. Well, one of the things that we've confirmed is that uh, there are still physicians and medical providers for as many medical providers that are interested in advancing their own personal knowledge about pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP. We have another side of physicians who don't believe the science, don't don't have attitudes and beliefs about women in general, but certainly Black women, you talked about being over-sexualized, who think that if you need PrEP, it's a sign that you're uh, promiscuous, that you mm-hmm. are multiple partners, and so a lot of black women who may be um, candidates for prep because they may date someone they know is living with HIV, or they feel that some way some they or they just love intimacy,
0: and they yeah, we decide
1: our community viral load we need it right for whatever reason. Um, they're reach they're meeting obstacles with physicians, as you noted. Who don't even offer it, let alone talk about it.
0: So let, let's let, let's unpack that a little bit because we hear oftentimes we hear a lot about how Black women are not treated uh, equally when it comes to being uh, 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 participants in the healthcare system, right? Um, what are what are some of the things that we can do? Like what can we do to be sure that our Black women are being treated fairly? Uh, I was listening to something uh, um, on on NPR earlier today about a black woman who uh, went to the hospital. She was pregnant and uh, she went to the hospital and they performed an emergency C-section and she ended up dying because the doctors didn't listen to her when she was telling them that she was feeling a certain chest pain and she ended up with a pulmonary embolism and she ended up dying from that. Right. So we hear these stories all the time. So, And I, I oftentimes wonder, like, what can we do? Like my thing is like as a and this is me as a man. Like my all of my healthcare providers are black women, right? I want like my dentist, my PCP, my therapist, and anybody that has to do with my health. I'm pr- I make sure it's a black woman. Why? Um, <laughs> because I think black women know what they're talking about, and I think they're going to be sure that their patients are taken care of more than anybody else.
1: Yeah, and that's just me. Kids. That's my personal <laughs> preference,
0: right? Um, what are what are some other strategies or some other things that we can put in place to be sure that um, Black women are being heard, right? That they're being listened to and and understood when they're going to these uh, physicians.
1: Well, first of all, but even before that, put more of them in the STEM program so we can have more Black doctors for us to go to, female mm. well, doctors for us to go to. Would be you know to make sure that we push that as uh as, as something that is a, a vital uh, uh option for young black girls that medical school is possible for them
2: uh, well and it begins to be so where well, women matter well women and, matter and, too. yeah and, and we have to look at the, call, the whole clock in, clock out. yeah and the
1: whole system going back to j Marion sims has systematically been set up not not for our care and so to change that whole mindset, I think it's going to take a whole another generation. Well, mm. I'm looking at the talk to chat Dion and, and, uh, um, Derricka said something to the effect and I, and I'm hoping I'm interpreting this right. It says that no one knows about prep. And if you want guys to be on it, they need not try to make us make them. Cause they ain't coming in. So if, if I heard her right. She's saying telling me to get my man to come in and take prep is not a good strategy. I mean if I hear that, so you go in and get on it. <laughs> so, so, so the converse so then Kurt Baker here says, I've seen it, but he just thought it was for black gay males. And quite frankly, that just edifies what Vivian has said it's the way they're marketing it. Black women, even straight black men or well, I'll define as cisgender heterosexual men who identify as and 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 prefer and choose women to be intimate with they don't see themselves in these commercials either yeah even if they had a history of injecting drug use or if they're even still actively engaged in IV drug use or injecting drugs, they are a perfect candidate for prep.
0: Um, but we so that, but that, go, that goes to Doctor G. That 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 leads to a different conversation. I don't, don't want to lose focus, but that that leads me to think about the stigma that's still attached to HIV and AIDS. Right, mm-hmm. um, the fact that a lot of us, for 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 many years, and when I say us, I mean just in general, thought that. HIV and AIDS was just a gay man's disease, right? So now when we look at it and see, okay, well, black women are leading in the numbers of people who are contracting HIV and AIDS, the conversation has now turned into, okay, well, what can black women do to save us, right? When I think it should be be turned around to say, what can we do to save black women, right? So so let me make sure we're crystal clear with the audience. If you can say
1: that Black women are disproportionately overrepresented in the numbers, mm-hmm. then we have to first put the pieces of the puzzle together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Black
1: women get HIV from men.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: Uh, the percentage of women that report injecting drug use as the reason why they got HIV is, mm-hmm. in the context, minimal. hmm so, so if a woman has HIV, more than likely she got it from a male. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes, who is that male or males? And are they authentically, Is are, are, when we're intimate with the people, partners, are we authentic about who we are when we come to the bedroom? Because for most women... At least women that we've met over twenty-seven years uh, in an agency and forty-five years as an independent public health uh, uh, professional, women have issues because we are never trained to negotiate. We are not. We are not talked about. We don't talk to you, young girls, about sexual health. We don't talk about their reproduction, how they got here. We're still lying about that. We're still making up names for body parts. Then they evolutionize into middle school where again, that we don't talk to them about their sexual health. We censor information and then we move on into high school and they present themselves in college environments where they have literally gone through 12 years of education with little or no education that really helps protect them. They don't talk about female condoms. I see Joyce Belton saying they don't know about condoms. They don't know about female condoms. They don't, don't know about prep.
0: I me, let me I didn't I didn't know that female condoms were still a thing.
2: And I'll, I'll, I'll share
0: my ignorance. That's something that we learned about in high school, but I didn't know that the female condom was still a thing. That that's mm-hmm. that's a real thing that still exists.
2: Oh yes,
1: yeah.
2: Oh <laughs> yes. So saying, but able. but that
1: goes back to something that you brought up earlier about stigma. The stigma around a woman that 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 carries our own condoms a woman that asks you know you have to empower yourself that you know that it is into 40 years of hiv it is on you to ask someone to 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 validate their status prior to becoming intimate with them you validate your status prior to becoming intimate with them there's still that stigma attached i was telling dr Gaddis the other day I saw this uh, cartoon on a friend's Facebook uh, thing that said it was a condom and a face mask sitting on a bench next to each other. And the condom looked over at the face mask and said, they didn't wear you either, did they? Okay. So so we ended up in two epidemics because somebody didn't want to wear a condom because somebody didn't want to wear a face mask. So you have to go back to, um, at this point, 40 years down the road for women, we are responsible for our own acquisition or non-acquisition of HIV and sexually transmitted infections, you know, that we have to start empowering ourselves and empowering young girls behind us to ask the the, the questions, Uh, you know, have you been tested? Let me see your test results. You know, um, uh, um, And if they don't show you the test results, that gives you more reason to have a discussion about what are the reasons why we're not sharing this life-saving information with one another. Yeah. And someone that didn't use a condom with you didn't use one before you. It wasn't that you were so wonderful and came along and they decided they didn't want to use one. And so we have to change our mindset on also relationships have changed throughout the years. When there used to be a courting process before intimacy, now they're using intimacy to get to know somebody to decide. No, using sex to decide whether I want to know them or not. If the sex no good, then it goes anywhere. So the sex is we're putting the horse before the cart. So a story, do you date? Yeah, no, I'm getting in your single. business. Oh, you
2: can get in a business. It's okay. You buy no more business anyway. So I'm single now um but before you know i i did have a i was dating
1: but we don't date anymore but um my story, i remember once having a conversation with you and you were talking about uh at the time of what happened and when you um were uh um, um first acquired hiv and it goes back to you were saying about black women and you was when you were telling me about what happened how people uh, dismiss what you were saying. Didn't believe you that it had to be your fault that you had to have um, wanted things. So I think black women
2: have spent years
1: of not being believed.
2: Yeah, years, being, you years know. of not being believed, and also not not believing one another. um Yeah. Can you talk about married. that for a minute? So Did you, um, talk you know, about it was, that? It, was time, it was times where I shared my story with. You know, one of my black sisters, and they would just downgrade me like, "Well, you didn't see no signs, or why would you stand by yourself? Why would you um invite a, a male friend over anywhere?" I'm like, "Wait, hold up! Like, so you're turning it to, you're trying to turn my story into it was my fault." There's no way it's, it's never nobody's fault when somebody sexually assault you and beat you in your own house never feel that it's your fault it's never your fault you know
0: and even Uh when
2: i was first diagnosed when that doctor rolled in that room and told me the reason you're coughing the reason you the reason the reason you can't swallow the reason you can't eat is because you have an AIDS diagnosis And you need to contact your family. And he rolled out that room on that stool. Just how he rolled in, he rolled right on out and left Hmm. me right there.
1: Do you think that's still happening in places?
2: I know it is. I know it is. And it hurts me to my heart because thankfully for me, when I left that hospital, God had angels to surround me and help me through that journey. But a lot of people don't have that right now. A lot
1: of people don't have to. Um, I, I mean, I am just enthralled, uh, Dion, with this. What's going on in the chat? Because there's some really significant things being said. Um, uh, Veronica says uh, we have to be willing to stand our ground on our expectations and be willing to work, walk away from the man rather than just go along with whatever he wants. And I think that's that's kind of. Connecting this statement that's uh, that Miss Lair made when it says sometimes it's not about getting along because you can tell a guy all day to put a condom on. That doesn't mean he's going to listen, and that does not mean he's going to let you get away from that easily. That's a contradictory oxymoron to me. And mm-hmm. how women are having to struggle with do I Go ahead and give in because they're hard-headed. What he wants, whatever he wants, or they want, whatever you know. And I'm just going to concede, which goes back, I think, to the struggles Vivian discussed when women have to decide or about survival. Yes, you know, do so I go along with this agenda? When I know it's contradictory to my health and well being, when I know this partner of mine may have more than one sexual partner, that I'm not the only person. But I got these kids and I got this house and I got an. Or I know. got this whatever and this is a part of my substance. And,
2: and so i don't know And we're always looking to satisfy other people. And we have to stop that. Look at you and satisfy you. Do what's right. But I think and Leon
1: it. said it, he said it when he said, my therapist is a woman. Yeah. And I think that what that tells me and what I've been told countless times is that so often we don't get help. We don't get in a neutral space of someone yeah. who is in a therapeutic space who can help us process out what's in our best interest. We just talk to our girlfriends who don't have any clinical experience. We talk to our pastors who we love and respect, but don't have any clinical experience who sometimes tell us to go back to that. That's that thing that's killing us or putting us in danger, telling us to go back and work it out. Um, so i what i'm hearing from dion as a man is the same thing we we talked about in hiv uh intervention and that is we could talk all day about the problem but what is our solutions vivian offered some solutions
0: so let me let me let me kind of hop in dr g and first i want to say if you're watching this on youtube be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel be sure to like it uh share it with some folks um i think this conversation has made me has kind of led me back to a place to where we seemingly always end up when we have these conversations, Dr. G, is that a lot of the issues are rooted in lack of communication. Right. The the a lot of these issues are rooted in the fact that we as and I'm I'm talking about grown folks, we don't want to have hard conversations. We stray away from hard conversations. Somebody said in the chat. I can't remember who it was. Somebody said in the chat that um, um, I can't. Let me see if I can scroll up. It was in terms of uh, somebody. Uh, here we go. We also need to change the stigma uh, towards African American men who identifies LGBTQ. There are still black men not living their truth out of fear and shame. Right. Here's my thoughts on that. If you are living as a man that's on the down low, right, and you are sleeping with both men and women. I think you have to have the ability to communicate your likes or your dislikes with your partner right? if if this is what you're into, you have to put this on Front Street and let your partner make the decision as to are they willing to take these risks or are they not willing to take these risks right? Um, we, as, as black women, I think Astoria said it earlier, uh, there, there, ha- there has to be conversations about who are you sleeping with anybody else besides me? right is it anybody else that you get beside truth. me but but we but again we can't stray away from those conversations like we have to take these conversations head on whether they whether the man tells the truth or not is not your responsibility it's your responsibility to ask the question now if you find out later down the line that he misled you and he lied to you that's a different conversation right but i think again we have to have these tough conversations in the beginning like you said i think someone said that you have to be like okay well if we will have unprotected sex, like what's your what's your what's your results look like? Like, what are we doing? Like Let's go. We gonna go get tested. And once we get tested then we can get it and we can do what, what we want to do, but not not before then. But again, it becomes I don't want to have this conversation because I don't want to scare them away. I don't want them to think I got something by suggesting that we go get tested. So I think the root of it all is we haven't learned yet how to communicate with each other. And I think or that Black women
1: have a feeling that if I do have the conversation, he's going to think that I'm loose or I'm, the, you know, the community boo or that I'm, you know, uh, and that stigma uh, is, uh, I think, uh, more of a deterrent to having the conversation for women than anything else. What someone else's perception of, of us is, is one of the things I think that keeps us locked in this space. Well, Joy said, when I told the guy about my status, he looked at me and said, you don't have to lie to me because you don't want to give me some, I guess, booty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just breaking through the language because I think it says, Satch. I believe it. you know, I believe it. Oh, in our days, we used to tell them we was on our monthly, you know, so the same thing, you know, I guess they think you're lying still. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I think no, go ahead, Dion. And I, was gonna,
0: I was just gonna read Kurt's comment. He said I can agree with Veronica. I know for sure that if certain females would have said we need a condom, I would have used them. I'm not saying it's right because as a man I should have taken that initiative, but honestly, most men will follow the wisdom of a good woman. I agree with that. 100%. And, I, and I love
1: that comment. I love, yeah, it. I right? Right. love that comment. And yeah. you yeah. did not because you asked not. You didn't ask him to wear one. Right. So right
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I love that comment. Yeah. Um I think the other part that's kind of scary to me, and Vivian talked about this reversal of Roe versus Wade, uh, Roe v. Wade, and the implications it's gonna have on black women, especially black women who don't have access to healthcare. Um, I think that we're, we're seeing the same thing with the, you know, we're here with the HVTN Clinical Trial Network, and we've been working for decades, decades, trying to get a HIV vaccine created. A lot of people don't know that we were able to come up with a COVID-19 vaccine because of because research of work and research that was done on HIV for the last 45 plus years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but I think that somewhere in the back of people's minds, the, and despite the fact we're still working on this and have not been successful yet, and coming up with the right formula. They think that somehow there's a plan B somewhere. Yeah. You know, our plan B was, you know, was abstinence. Our plan B was monogamy. Just get with one person who you can confirm and pray that they're faithful. Our plan B then became safer sex. You know, what tools do we have available to us? that we could prevent getting it. But in fact, back in the backdrop is, if we don't come up with an HIV vaccine. This will continue. This will continue. Yeah, that's why black women have to be diligent in making sure that we stay in our advocacy space, that we continue to advocate and do not let, because right now, People, when we try to talk about HIV, so many times I'm I'm hearing people say, what's up with HIV? I don't hear anything anymore. You know, y'all got that handled or and people are of the assumption because COVID was so, if they had taken the same tenacity that they put into COVID, into HIV. We might not be sitting here today having this conversation, but we might have to know as advocates that we cannot be sidetracked by Roe v. Wade. We cannot be sidetracked by COVID that we must demand. And and we really, really got to watch the dollars and make sure that the dollar funding for HIV is, 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 is maintained. And that it is not diverted over to COVID and monkeypox and everything else coming along. That the money starts to be divided. And like I heard, a, um, when they were talking about monkeypox, on uh, the CDC was saying that they are already short staffed after COVID. And so with this monkeypox outbreak, they had to snatch people off of HIV to address this, like they had to stretch people off of HIV to address COVID and to come up with a vaccine. So we have to stay and keep our advocacy hats on to make sure that our elected officials know that this is still an area of concern within our community and Black women are one of the most powerful voting blocs. We got to go to the voting booth and vote for people that that have our best health care in a state like South Carolina that has not uh, um, uh, expanded Medicaid. We should be not sending any of those people back to Washington. Not when we're the poorest, we get the less health care. We 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 are at the bottom of all. And good don't worry about dental care. Let me, yeah.
0: let me let me let me chime in for a second because I I just, I just saw this comment um joy said something said she said i educate my granddaughter and grandson to keep uh their condoms on because you can't depend on others to protect you and take your partner to get tested with you now i have a 18 year old daughter who was heading off to college in probably what? a few weeks <laughs> so my 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 question is because we, we we've talked a lot about um uh, uh you know people who are a little bit more experienced in life, right? Like all of us have have Mm -hmm. life experience. We've been on dates and we may or may not have been in situations where we had the choice to have protection or not have protection or whatever. Right. For our younger people, how are we educating them? Because like Dr. G said, we've been teaching abstinence, abstinence, abstinence so long, but let's, let's keep it real. Like that method doesn't necessarily work with the generation that was raised on the instant gratification of social media.
1: It didn't work for us.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> it sure didn't work again. So That's another. That's another <laughs> the
1: Average age of first sexual intercourse for the for when we look at the data is approximately thirteen mm-hmm. and fourteen, dependent upon uh, male or female.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. so, 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 my, so my question is, how can we put a halt to this so the next generation and the generation, so Dr. G, your your grandchildren and your great grandchildren, and, and what? How can we put a halt to what the epidemic how how are we going to get a handle on it so they aren't dealing with the same things that we are dealing with and having these same conversations 20 years from now
1: well i can pull up their clothes and put them in the drawer put some condoms in the corner Mm-hmm. If they're not doing anything, they won't use them. When they start to need them, they will be there, and you they don't have to come and ask you that it's already been you know, you've already um, um know that at some point part of our evolution is to become sexual beings. That's how other little Christians come about,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and so. Uh, A lot of people think that if you do that, that you're encouraging them to have sex, that you're encouraging them. No, you're not encouraging them. You're making sure that they have the tools necessary to keep them from coming up with an HIV diagnosis. Hmm. Hmm. It's not unusual. It would not be inappropriate for you to surf. You know, if just just like young people have access to the Internet, so do we parents. We should know where the the services are and wherever they're going. So mm-hmm. I don't know where she's going, if it's in Atlanta or wherever the place may be. Where are the organizations that provide support in HIV testing, STD testing, uh, medical care? Uh, why, leave, why, why leave it on our young people to figure it out once they get to this community? Get on the Internet. Say, I looked up some stuff. You know, this is some places that I investigated. And make sure that that's part of the toolkit they have when they leave. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say, oh, no, I don't need it. I'm not doing anything. That's the same thing I told my mom and daddy till I was pregnant. You know. (laughs) (laughs) know? (laughs) Now, me on the other hand, me on the other hand, hand, and that's not a judgment. It's that people manifest differently. Me and my girlfriend, we planned our first. But I'm saying you still don't tell your parents I'm going to be. Oh, absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. I had the conversation, but they're not telling me anything. They're not. What I'm addressing is to his point about taking ownership of as a sexual person, that part of the solution is that we have to advocate to our young people that you have to take custody. Veronica said it earlier, Stand your ground and take custody of who you are as a sexual person, not just who you are now, but who you may become. And in doing that, we're saying we take control of our health. We go seek out medical care. We don't sit around and wait and see what's going to happen. If we get a symptom, And we know we didn't use a condom on our first experience or whatever. And we feeling kind of funny. We don't sit around and watch it happen. We go and attend to it. And that's what black folks, our people, our community. We ask, why is it that the white community doesn't seem to see or why are they not seeing the same rate of infection that our community has struggled with? for the last 30 years. And it has to to do back to what you said. It has to do with lack of communication. It has to do with stigma that we continue to perpetuate about who gets HIV and who doesn't. And it deals with how we treat people from the door. how we throw our children to the wolves when we find out that they are not the sexual orientation that we expected them to be. Mm. And then we wonder why people in the world pick them up and say, oh, I'll take care of you. Oh, I got your back. And next thing you know, your child has HIV. When it could have been prevented, had you embraced them, loved them and said, I don't care who you are. I love you and you're mine. And I'd rather say that and mean it and act on it than have you out here in the world depending on some stranger to give you substance food, money, shelter.
0: And I think you make a great point, Dr. G. And I think that, um, and we've had this conversation before about, How in in, in our community, whether it be in the family, whether it be in the church, uh, whether it be amongst each other, when it comes to dealing with uh, a a, a family member or someone who is close to you and that person uh, coming out and revealing to you that they are LGBTQ
1: or um, HIV positive.
0: Or HIV. Well, let me well well yeah, but let me let me sit with LGBTQ for a second, because that's what you touched on. We a lot of us turn our back on them, right? We talked about the black church a couple of episodes ago. Um, so I think that's one thing is that we as black folks black folks, we have to erase these stigmas that come with LGBTQ. We have to erase the stigmas that come with HIV and AIDS, we have to erase the stigma of Uh, getting help for your mental health. All of these things that are internally uh, 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 killing us because we don't have the ability to have these conversations with each other, right? And these things are eating away at us. If I'm someone who is HIV positive, right? And I know that if I go to my church, my pastor is going to condemn me and say, well, you shouldn't have been having unprotected sex, or you shouldn't have been doing this. And and this is God's way of getting you back, whatever the case may be. You making me feel like I'm the worst person in the world, right? So that means I I don't even feel like I can come out and talk to anybody about anything that I'm going through, which then in turn will affect my mental health. Well, which is why I
1: respect Historia um, uh, on this call. You know, Veronica, Joyce, and I. You know, those are just the names that I know are sheroes of mine who who. Whatever journey they were on, now living us in a space where they tell folks, "This is who I am," you know, take it or leave it. And and for for all the women that they know, that they know who are living in fear, and living in shame, and afraid that somebody is going to come for them, or treat them in a way of disrespect you know there was a time when there were more advocacy spaces where their voices could be lifted up somewhere we lost that i don't know how we lost it um we we've lost the voice and uh you know these legislators are making these decisions they're making because no they're not hearing enough from those most severely impacted. And I think that to your point, that's something that we're going to have to revisit rekindle
0: and revive. So Dr. G, let me, let me, let me hop in because oftentimes when we have these conversations, I get, uh, I, I, I hear hear these, I hear these, I I get these messages from, from the spirit and they, 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 the spirit tells me who, who, who might need to hear a certain message. Right. And as you were, as you were speaking, um, I, I I feel like the Holy Spirit just told me that there's somebody that is watching this who is uh, uh, interested in getting active in uh, HIV and AIDS advocacy work, but they don't know how to go about it because they feel like they'll be frowned upon. So I want you and, and Miss Vivian, as folks who have worked in this in this fight for uh, a very long time, to, to to speak to that person who wants to get out and help, who wants to be the caseworker that. If uh, Astoria goes to, who gives her everything that she needs, who provides the services,, uh, but they feel like it'll be frowned upon. Uh, talk do me a favor and talk to that person uh, and, and and give them the encouragement that they need to to get out here and help help fight this fight.
1: Okay, I'm gonna yield. I'm gonna hear what Vivian gotta say, and I'll fill in the gap. So go oh, ahead, what you got to say. Well, they said the uh, a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And so the first step is to like, um, uh, 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 that we was talking earlier about surfing in the internet, find out in your area, an AIDS service organization and go and volunteer, you know, um, uh, be the person in your community, go to uh, these um, uh, community-based organizations or your health department, and they'll give you free condoms. Be the person in the, in the community that a young person knows has condoms. You know that you you know if you're going to do this, here's where you can come and get it, Uh, or just get information. uh, Come out and hand out pamphlets. But everybody can do something. You know. um, uh, Also, um, look within your social group, your your community, your family. If you know of anybody that uh, is living with HIV, go and give them a damn hug. You know, uh, break the stigma. Uh, um, the, one of the most stigmatizing things in this whole world is being black in America. So we starting from stigma from the beginning. Let's not keep perpetrating it on each other. You know, stigmatizing each other because you're gay. Stigmatizing each other because you got HIV. Stigmatizing each other because you're poor. Um, so we have to stop that. So find a aid service organization in your community and go volunteer. Mm. Uh, bring a a a, a um a pamphlet um, uh, into your church, join your church health ministry and make sure that HIV is one of the health disparities that you're talking about and that you're bringing services and information to the congregation. You know, get involved.
0: Okay, Dr. G?
1: Um, You know, I'm into um, advocating that we practice what we preach. But the other part is we have to educate ourselves so that we know what we're talking about. Um, we seek out knowledge from trusted sources to ensure that what we do say is steeped in accuracy. Um, and then we have to take an even bigger lead. So Vivian talked about uh, joining our healthcare care ministries at our church. You know, if your church doesn't have one or there's certain messages that come, the, the challenge will be, are we ready to talk to our, our leadership? You know, and if I were to go to my pastor and talk to him about things that he or she has said from the pulpit about people living with HIV or people who identify as uh, uh, LGBT, non-binary individuals, you know, do I have the courage to say, help me understand your perception? Because at the end of the day... or well, downright, what you said wasn't right. Jesus... I still am waiting for uh, uh, someone to tell me where in the New Testament does Jesus talk about negatively or where does he speak about LGBTQ? He tells us more about how we should behave, behave in a marriage than, he, than I can find in the New Testament. And so people like to pull from the Old Testament and pull scripture out of context and use it to traumatize and beat down the parishioners that sit in their pews. I would suggest that we have to make really hard choices about where we what pew we sit in is it inclusionary is it come as you are do are we about love and con uh, and love and, and, and comfort or are we about condemnation and creating more trauma and so I, th- I think it's a two-way street. It's not only we've talked a lot about what the system needs to do, but a lot of what needs to happen is we just need to do some self-work, some self-care first, doing stuff for us, not putting ourselves in spaces with people who don't have our best interests and health in mind. But then, as it was stated in the chat from Veronica and many others, we have to stand up for what we believe. We have to believe that we're worthy. Of love, and that anyone that treats me to the contrary needs to be eliminated at all costs. Mm. And that's nothing that we can place on anybody else other than ourselves. So we have to continue to talk to self-talk. When you say, "I am worthy," I am worth it. I don't deserve this treatment.
0: You yeah, know
1: folks who will treat me as
0: such. I think Kurt um, said it. He said, my mother always preached, love the person, hate the sin. We have to love one another before uh, anything else. Right. And I, and I think a lot of times we 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 get so caught up in what the person is doing and how they are living their life. And then it, it, it kind of transcends to our actions. We're also not uh, talking
1: about the stuff we're doing. Right, we're not talking right. about all the straight folks who are cheating on their wives and mm-hmm. husbands. But yeah, love the person, hate the sin when we all got the sin. Mm -hmm. It might not be the same sin, but okay, where did that take us?
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and and we all fall short, right? And I think this conversation No, not uh, one. This conversation and other conversations that we've had, um, when we again it goes back to the fact that we aren't uh not only are we not having conversations, but we're also the first to judge somebody else. Right, like Astoria said, somebody said in the chat, uh, when when someone comes to you with an issue, uh, the last thing that you should do is put the blame on that person when they're they're confiding in you, uh, particularly if it's something as serious as contracting uh, HIV and AIDS. Right, uh, so we we have to do a better job of not judging each other and not, you know, a lot of times we'll. we'll, we'll you know, as black folks, we, we we have a scale of sins, right? Like, uh uh, uh you know, stealing stealing cable ain't bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, on, that's on the bottom, but yeah, <laughs>
1: until you get caught.
0: yeah. like splintering
1: somebody's yeah. else eye with that plank in mind.
0: Right, right, right. But being gay is 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 high up on the list, right? But they're going the, hell. The, the, <laughs> they're they going hell. But the, the yeah. commandments say, "Thou shalt not steal." If, if, yeah. if Last time I checked. And if you, you know, I, I got a fire stick just like everybody else in the world got a fire stick. Wouldn't so I'm you like been looking at my movie? tax
1: return too. See
0: <laughs> <Huh>, listen, <laughs> listen. So, so here
1: we go. So she talked about her social pathology. So let me ask, if, you know, as we get ready to close out and stuff. So so, what final words would you have, uh, Vivian? First, uh, then I'll go to story. What, what 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 would be your closing thoughts on um, on this topic of today? uh that um we need to look at all the things that we were talking about today all the irons in the fires my mama used to say when you got a problem this big you throw all your irons in the fire and she said you always know which one to use because it's the one that gets hot first and so we have to throw all our irons in the fire to 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 accomplish this um uh um anti-stigma campaign uh, uh when it comes to black women and hiv also we also as i've said on other occasions is that if you're thinking that somebody else is going to save us, then you need to think again. They ain't coming. Hmm. Just think about Katrina. If you think the government coming, if you think the Calvary coming, if you think that anything was set up in this country to save black people, hmm. then they ain't coming. And we're at, the, we're at a deficit uh, in our thinking when we think that somebody else is going to save us but us. And so that's why we're Black Health with Project for uh, Boo for Us by Us, or as Astoria a and the, uh, um, uh, the Positive Voices women used to say, nothing about us without us. Without us, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And, and we have to level with women in relationships, with us as advocacy, us as, as, as a people, we have to stand our ground on nothing about us without us.
2: Historia, Um, I Thoughts. just want all the women to revisit self work. Work on your self-worth. Empower yourself. Stop worrying about everybody else. It's about time you take time out to embrace yourself, learn yourself, love yourself again, empower yourself. You are important.
1: my final comments are that i i look forward to the day when we see a revival among women living with hiv where they are not where where, where they collectively are coming together and addressing some of these folks at the state house you know at the city and county council when we're asking where are the resources um, and I'm just grateful uh again to have this opportunity with HVTN uh to uh for the past two years or more now to be in a space where I can meet phenomenal people who are ready as, as positive voices women used to say, we are ready, willing, and able to do whatever we got to do. To hate at any time to handle this, and I, you know, and that was my always my sense of encouragement, and that's what drives me even today. Um, that there are plenty of 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 sheroes, uh, women living with HIV, who have taught me much uh, in this last forty plus years of work, and so I uh, um, give you kudos. And oh, thank uh, you and thank you for all that you've done for the community
2: people ask me you know do you ever get tired of talking about HIV? i say do a doctor ever get tired of saving lives
0: (laughs) (laughs) so all right y'all so let's 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 wrap right here i'll I'll close just by thanking um all of you beautiful black women for being on this panel with me you know of course i'm a father of a of a black a uh, young woman at this point, she's 18, so I can't call her a, a girl anymore. She's a young woman, uh, a husband to a black wife, I'm a, a son to a black mother. So just let it be known that you know I, I appreciate you all and I appreciate everything that you all have done and the work that you all have done. Uh, because none of this, none of us would even be here if it weren't for y'all. So, uh, if no one has told you today, uh, thank you. Uh, we love you, we appreciate you, and we honor all of you and, and, and every Black woman who was watching this. Uh, you know, we just stand for you. We just just continue to give you uh, all the praise and all the accolades that you deserve.
1: Um, can it's I give one information? Um, if you have not, if you do have access to Hulu and if you have not seen the documentary Aftershock, it is a documentary by a Black uh, director, um, uh, looking at infant, looking at black female mortality in childbirth. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It
1: is a phenomenal historical piece of work. It really intersects with what we talked about tonight the aftershock of what happens when a black woman's life is lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen the preview for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah please
1: yeah. check that out. And yeah. um, that's my last comment.
0: Yeah. And also, just be sure to like the like the uh, like the YouTube channel. Uh, I saw somebody say this is their first time tapping in. Uh, make sure you find us Black People Parenting on all platforms, podcasts, YouTube, all social media. We out there, Black People Parenting. All right, y'all, we'll holler y'all on the next uh, episode. That is, y'all, see you next month. See you
1: Thank later. You. Thank you all bye. for attending. Bye, you Take care.